0: Welcome to Creatively by Estelle, a podcast for creative and performing artists. My name is Estelle Avberry and I'm your host. Whether you're just starting or you're a pro, this show will help you feel inspired and motivated every single week along your creative journey and will give you tactical tools and tips for fulfilling your creative goals and your God given purpose as a creative person. You have gifts to give, so let's do this, let's live creatively, and let's get into the episode. hey hey welcome back to the creatively by estelle podcast i'm so glad that you're here today thank you for listening in this is the 50th episode woohoo pop the poppers let's celebrate this is all exciting and we're almost exactly a year in to the first podcast episode ever so this is a really um, great day and I'm so thankful for everyone who's been listening from the beginning or if you join in the middle or if you're new here whatever the case I'm so glad that you're here and thank you for being here. I'm really excited for today's episode with our um, guest Ramita Ravi. She is a dancer and choreographer. She co-founded Arts Work Official which is a professional network online platform for artists and creatives to network with each other and to book jobs and gigs. And she has also performed on So You Think You Can Dance. And she's choreographed for Coachella for artist Ravina's performance at Coachella this year. So she's really cool. I'm excited for you to hear from her and all that she has to say, to encourage you, to inspire you, to give you tactical tools for how you can move forward as a creative and really create the, the life that you want to have as an artist, so you're definitely going to get a lot of great insight through this episode, so be sure to listen in, enjoy it, and share it with a friend who could be inspired too. Now before we get into that, I also want to remind you that we're doing a little giveaway today because of the 50th episode, so for all those details, be sure to go to my Instagram at Estelle EstelleFBerry on Instagram. And the links will be in the show notes as always so that you can go ahead and look at my latest post. The bulk of what you're going to be doing is writing a review for the show. And all you have to do is write the review, DM it to me, and um, yeah, you can like screenshot it and DM it to me. Or you can just let me know that you did it and I'll believe you because it might take a day to show up. And then from there, you're good and you'll be entered into giveaway and yeah so be sure to go check out all the details there on my page and i am excited to hear what you guys have to say in the reviews i'm excited to read all of that and to gift you with a little something to thank you for being a listener i really appreciate it um also this past weekend on saturday i got to do the first ever workshop group singing workshop for creatives or anyone looking to start singing or just to explore musical theater and the arts even more and it was really fun I got to get really good feedback from my friends on how, what they thought about it and yeah it was it was great and I'm excited to hopefully do more in the future so definitely again follow me on Instagram at Estelle of um, for more information about any that will be coming up and then also Uh, go to the link in the show notes um, for the create your stage membership slash workshop for more information up like for more upcoming information. That way I'll add you to the mailing list so that you will always get details on new episodes as well as details on upcoming workshops and different things that I'll be doing. So you'll get all the tea first and foremost if you join the mailing list and that will be in the show notes as well. And yeah, that's about it. So without further ado, we're going to get into this episode with Miss Ramita Ravi. Um, Be inspired, be blessed, and be sure to share it with someone once you finish listening. All right. Without further ado, Miss Ramita Ravi. How are you doing, Ramita? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you. We were just talking before this about how it's been like a process to get here, but I'm so excited Mm -hmm. that we're here getting to chat you are so cool. You started this arts work platform where artists can meet each other and collaborate and get jobs. And you are a dancer yourself and a choreographer. And you've done so many cool things you've been on so you think you can dance you choreograph for um, Ravina for Coachella, which was really in her music video, which is so cool. Um, mm-hmm. And you've, and I'm sure you've done more things that I just can't even think of or <laughs> remember right now. So but um we always talk on this show about how everyone has a journey and so i would love to know how what your journey has been so far you know i know that you still have so many more beautiful things to do but i know that you went to upenn and i know you grew up dancing but i'd love your perspective on what your journey has been like so far as a creative person
1: yeah totally um well thank you yes that that was that. That's a good, good summary of kind of my life so far. But um, yeah, I grew up in Pittsburgh and I grew up dancing at a studio um, near my house. And I started with ballet and then that turned into like a million different things and being a competition dancer um, for the rest of my, until until I was 18. Um, and um, I also did classical Indian dance. I started it around the same time. Um, and they were really separate. I, I danced at my studio probably like 35, 40, 40 hours a week growing up, which is crazy. Um, and then I would, I would all day Sunday, I would like spend at my temple and doing um, classical Indian dance and doing like cultural activities there which was nice um so just like really packed but that dance is like my entire life that's pretty much like what i did and then um i feel like in order to dance my parents were like okay like you have to also like focus on school um and so i was like okay i'm gonna like be really good at school just so that i can keep up with dancing and my parents will keep let me like or my parents will know that i i am able to do both um so then I, I just like focused a lot on school and I, and I really loved like all kinds of things in school. I grew up being um, very into science and like psychology, like behavioral health and um, did a lot of work with like individuals with autism um, and that was kind of like I, I just really focused on a lot of different areas of, you know, I loved writing, um, all of that stuff in school And um, when I was like coming to graduate, I was trying to think about what I wanted to do next. And I wanted to like be able to maintain that balance of dance in school and, you know, being kind of like this like brainy person while also being a creative person. Um, And so I ended up, I wanted to like be pre-med in college and then be a dance major. So I applied to most schools with that kind of combo in mind. Um, And then I ended up, going to Penn and they didn't have a dance program. Ironically, um, it was only school I applied to without a dance program, but it actually ended up being kind of a blessing in disguise because um, my, we had a really awesome dance company that um, I think taught me like the business side of dancing and taught me, oh, is it Frozen?
0: Um, yeah. But that's okay. I'll just turn off my video. That'll increase bandwidth. Yeah, there we go. You're good now. Okay, can you see me again? Yes, you're good.
1: froze for a second.
0: Okay. I don't know. I don't know where I. Um, Mm -hmm. you're talking about how you joined a dance company at Penn.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I went there despite not having a dance program. I was like, what am I getting myself into? But then, um, there was a really awesome dance company of, you know, a ton of people that were really similar to me. Um, and. Because we were in Philly, it was close to New York. Like a lot of us went up together, um, to the city to, to kind of like take classes or like just get our foot in the industry. Um, And then I also got to see like the business side of dance and got to see all of these other ways in which like you could be creative and uh, I guess like make money off of it or like actually have it run as a business so you know I got to see how. all these groups pay for space and how how you produce a show and what a budget looks like for that and how to make uh concept videos and music videos and like what the behind the scenes of all that looked like and I loved that I thought that was like even as I talk about it like it's it it's so fascinating to me it's so cool to me and I think it just motivated me to be in the industry and and like want to pursue it professionally um and then long story short, I, my best friend, now my co-founder of Artswork, he encouraged me to audition for So You Think You Can Dance. I did that senior year of college. And then um, I like left the day of my graduation to go from commencement to So You Think. Um, and then that kind of, that was like really, I think a plot, a jumping point for my career, mostly just because I think it gave me the confidence to be like okay I, I do have some kind of space in this industry because I didn't know that before because I never saw anyone like me in the industry and I think the past five years that I've been doing it like my entire goal is uh, to to allow or like to d- have opportunities that like create space for more people that look like me to be in this industry because um you know it's been really hard like I'm the only one in the room a lot of times and um pretty much every job I've done I've maybe been the only Indian person and that's been in tv and film as a dancer that's been in theater as a dancer that's been um is a choreographer um and I work for a lot of like competitions and conventions and um so that's what my career looks like now and I'm just excited to like see more diversity as as the years go on.
0: Wow. That was such a good summary. Thank you for sharing. And you really have done it. Like you are making that space for people of color for brown and black people and people of different backgrounds. Um and you're start you're already starting to do what you were wanting to do, right? And I can't believe it's only been five years. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: I think about that too, and I I think like, yeah, I'm 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 really like nostalgic and feel very grateful for the growth that's happened as well because it was not easy when I got to New York at all. Like I didn't know anything mm-hmm. at all about how to be a dancer. I my so Nick my best friend co-founder he is the only person that I knew that was like a professional dancer that I felt like I could like talk to and ask questions to and he was a peer he wasn't like older than me but he he did like know more about it and um I just yeah I moved to New York I said that I was like only gonna make money through you know the traditional side jobs that you have people you see people do so I did like all kinds of stuff I would do like flash mobs to make money which is, that was really fun um I would do I would like wake up at like 5am to do these fitness classes um that I took and then um I nannied a little bit I would like run around all over the place to do like random I would like search the like Facebook job boards like what's happening and then I would go to like NYU and Columbia to make like a couple bucks do and i one time i got hooked up to like a shock machine thing that was like testing oh, like. one of
0: those research studies yeah. yeah
1: and you get like paid whatever and so that that was that's like how i made money i also um did make like i i joined my first job in the city was with this like bollywood company and uh it, they had like a tour all over the country and um that was really cool. Cause at least I had like, I, I had this like dance job and then I, I was able to work a lot as a dancer that year, but it was, um, I worked a lot as like an Indian dancer, which was really cool, but also like interesting because I I felt a little bit like stereotyped and I felt a little bit like boxed in of like, okay, this is the only thing that people think I can do, which it's literal. I actually never trained in half of that. St- I trained in classical Indian dance, but I didn't train in like Bollywood or certain other things where I think people just assumed that because I look the way I do that like I that was the only work I could do um and like I knew I knew Bollywood because you everyone does it growing up but um anyway I just got really boxed in and then I feel like I over I had to like hard stop on that stuff to be like okay what else do I want to do and um once I did that, I, I was able to like sign with my agency and then work in TV and film and theater, um, as like more of like a jazz and contemporary dancer. Um, and then a pandemic hit. And I feel like right when I was like getting excited to like, um, you know, keep going like a pandemic hit, but honestly, I think it was like, again, like a blessing in disguise because it forced me to put the brakes on and evaluate what I do and don't want to do and, like, what I enjoy doing, um, and, and I think that, like, having those, like, milestones has been able to, like, drive my career and make me more intentional in, like, what I want to, like, turn this career into and spaces that, spaces that I feel are, like, healthy and safe and, like, positive, so, so yeah, it's been a journey. It's been there. I have so many stories. We can yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good. And I love that you talked about what really was going on when you first came to New York and like how you did all those different jobs, but somehow you still found a way to eventually get to like this is what I really want to do. This is the these are the jobs I really want to work on and focus my attention on. And I think it's because I don't know. From the outside looking in, it's because you like found that focus that was that helped you kind of be like kind of thrive in that, right? Because now you're doing all these different things, but it's clear that you're doing what you really want to be doing, and you're, you know, booking the gigs that you really want, and you're dancing in the shows that you really want to be doing. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe that wouldn't have happened the same way if you weren't as focused on like oh no this is what I really want you know and being able to say yes this is this is what I'm going to do
1: yeah I think honestly and I think like something that I personally emphasize and care about a lot is um is not thinking about scarcity as an artist and not thinking about um like starving artist stigma I don't think that anyone as an artist should feel that way or feel that they don't deserve to make money or that they don't deserve to have stability in their lives. Um, And I think I mentioned all those side jobs because I, I just thought that was what I was supposed to do. And I think a lot of people think that's like what they're supposed to do. And a lot of people do do that and, and, and it's great. And it's, and it works for them. And I think what I was realizing is that like, I, kept doing all of this stuff that was just pulling me in a million different directions um because I thought I had to and because I thought that was the only way to make money and then I took a step back and I was like wait a second I have all these different skills that I really actually enjoy alongside dance that I can like use to make money and then I can be more intentional about what dance work I do because because I have that like financial security and stability so what I ended up doing is um, working uh for healthcare companies which which I know like because I had had studied like health and business in college that did give me a bit of a way in but honestly I was talking to some people about it yesterday like I I didn't like I wasn't able to only get those part-time jobs because of like my degree I actually don't think the degree helped it was just like I was really good at like all this different marketing stuff because of things I learned through dance like I have been needing to like like create YouTube videos and create like, like blog posts and social media posts and all this stuff for like years for as an answer. Right. And so I think I just was like, okay, wait, I can actually use those same skills and use it in a different context. And people will like it pay me, it pay me a good amount for that to be my like main focus and, and thing that I do for their company. So I just kind of like use those same skills that I honestly gained as a dancer, applied them to something else. Um, and that's like my big life hack of, of now I have been freelancing as a designer and as a marketing and like product designer for, um, five years, like pretty much, or I guess four years. Um, and it's been so, awesome and stable and has given me all the flexibility to like be actually intentional about what dance work I want to do. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes up where, um, there are actually like toxic environments or, uh, you're either going to tokenize you or you have to put up with things that are like, honestly not okay. And because I had this like I had built up this financial stability on the other side. I was like, you know what, if there's an environment that's negative, or if I'm, if I'm in a space where I'm like being harmed or other people are being harmed, like, I just don't need to exist in that space. I can just move on to something else. And I think like, I would so emphasize that to anyone who wants to be creative is that like finding that balance between like how to like, make money and like monetize what you're, what you're doing in some capacity so that you can be as intentional as possible with, with your life. And that is really what like, uh, sparked arts work as well is that so many artists just like completely lost everything. They completely lost everything during the pandemic. And there's like, not really, there aren't good ways for artists to be able to like earn money consistently. And, um, I think we were seeing the growth of the like creator economy and like ways in which people can monetize, Uh, but artists like everyday working artists are often left out of that because you know, people are not necessarily focusing on creating content. They're focusing on um, auditioning and like going to jobs and traveling all over. It's just a little bit different. And so we wanted to create a platform for those working artists, everyday working artists who already have offerings, already have services um, to be able to like earn money in like one easy place and so um artwork really started as like a network or a linkedin but it's actually pivoting to more of a marketplace so um you join Artwork to earn money and to earn money consistently um and that's been so so rewarding because we've we've matched like so many artists to jobs and so many artists to like recurring consistent income um just in like a couple months since we've pivoted to that model. Um, and I think that feels like, okay, this is something that like, I really want to like put my heart and soul into because I care so much about like artists being able to have that like financial stability.
0: And um, yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. And it makes me so excited that you are thinking about this because I've been thinking about it too recently, um, I mean, you can think about it longer, obviously. (laughs) And I love the strides that you're making to actually say like, no, we aren't going to um, live in scarcity and the scarcity mindset. Um, We don't want starving artists, we want thriving artists, you know, and I think um, I don't know if you've ever read the book by Jeff Goins. um, No, or what is it called? Starving? Um, Real Artists Don't Starve. I don't know if you ever read I've it. I've read it. I haven't read yeah. it. I've read it. I've, well, I like, well, listened to it anyway on Audible a couple of times, and I just got the physical version because I was like, you know what? I just feel like it's a good reference because he really goes in depth and like how artists can really set themselves up um, for having their own, like having their art really make money for them and have that be something that is not just like a dream, like a pie in the sky dream, but actually a reality. And he mm-hmm. and he goes into how he did it as a, as a writer and how it took him a while to get there because he was before working in music. And anyway, he talks about that. He talks about Michelangelo and how he was the wealthiest artist of his time and like how he set a precedent for how artists don't actually need to be, you know, um, seen as starving artists, but how um, with uh, the opera La Boheme, which uh, is what Rent is based on, kind of started to bring about that starving artist myth. And he goes into the history of all that. So let me not go off on a tangent, but um, I think it's so interesting because he says, and he breaks it down so clearly, like, these are the steps, these are the ways that artists can actually um, make an, a, a good income from their art, and it's not impossible. And just And it's just that that mindset of it not being impossible to Mm -hmm. do your art to make money doing your art or just to do your art at all which i think a lot of people have that mindset that oh i didn't grow up dancing or i didn't grow up doing this so what's the point of trying now you know but i think what you're saying and what he says in the book really just it really i think pushes this growth mindset and this mindset of openness towards like yes you can do it. you can make money as an artist you can you know start to pursue um a creative passion that you have in the arts whether it's dancing music whatever it is um so yeah i, I love that
1: and i think the world has like changed so much because of the pandemic and now we're entering just like a new era of like how people think about Art, how people think about monetization, um, and like I said, a lot of that has happened because of the creator economy. Um, but I think I think there's this kind of like renaissance happening in certain ways of um, people can work remotely. People are realizing like what's important in life, and what's important in life may not be working. Um, like nine to five in an office behind a desk and maybe that works for some people and for other people I think it's just like that doesn't have to be the only way for a career to exist and one of the hardest things about me finding work uh side jobs earlier is that no one would hire remotely like it was so hard for me to like find something that was remote now there are like thousands hundreds of thousands of jobs that are like remote and flexible that are contract-based work that are different things and um, there are also so many different ways and platforms for like people to earn money through their art and through services that they create and sell like um yeah with with, with arts work specifically like we are just like making it easier for artists to connect to clients that wanna hire them as dance teachers or hire them as vocal coaches or photographers and for the art that they already do, just like making it easier. But I know there are other platforms that exist that like one that I know of called Stan, that you are able to just like put all of your services on there and easily monetize, um, you know, video classes that you have or, um, like even one-on-one calls, different, different things that you can monetize. And the crazy thing is I've actually done all of those things like independently in my career. Like I used to have, um, these like little class sessions. I, I have sold like digital classes. I've done zoom classes. I've, um, yeah. had all of these different ways of like monetizing different aspects of, of my career, but now there are just tools that make it like literally a million times easier. And um, so I don't know, it's just like, we're in like truly a revolution in terms of like, how easy it is to make money as an artist. And it's not, it's not a walk in the park. Like you have to think, think about yourself as a business and like keep that mindset, but um, it just is more possible. It's more possible and it's way easier than it ever has been, which is really cool
0: yeah that's exciting so talk to us about so we kind of like have talked about arts work a little bit and about the business side of things and you talked about how you learned about the business side by being in the dance company um in college and like and then you studied health and business as well so how do you actually like i'm just thinking like a day in the life like how do you balance you know being a dancer and like knowing the business of you as a dancer and choreographer with also you know, working um, your jobs in healthcare, your job in healthcare um, and creating content and all of that. And because I think one thing, well, I know one thing that a lot of creatives have trouble with is how do I balance my time? How do I schedule my time? How do I reach the goals that I want to reach at the end of this month, this year, when there is this, 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 and this on the calendar? I don't know how to balance my time so i guess from for you from a perspective as a full-time creator um creative dancer and also running a business and doing that how do you find balancing your time like i mean quote-unquote balance there's no perfect balance but how do you manage your time i guess is a better way to say that and still reach the goals that you have and do what you love to do
1: yeah totally i think one thing i uh, learned, I guess, like a couple years into dancing is um, what my actual like schedule and day-to-day looked like. And it really, for me, depended on what type of work I was doing. So if I was doing theater, um, there would be like a period of time where you're working a 10 to six schedule, and then you would go into a tech process and then you are only working in the evenings. Um, So you have the days free. And then if I'm working in TV and film, if I like book a movie or TV show, then they give you the call time right beforehand, um, like the day before. And then it depends on how many hours you're on set. It totally depends on the project and what you're doing. So knowing that, knowing kind of like what my dance life was looking like, um, and then I guess, sorry, the third component is that I was... Uh, working with a lot of competitions and conventions, and I would travel on the weekends for those. Um, so, knowing that those were like the three pieces of kind of like my dance and choreography life, I was like, okay, well, sometimes it's unpredictable. Sometimes the schedule is changing. So, I really need something outside of that uh, that is going to be remote and flexible. Like, those are like the two top criteria that I need. Um, And so that means something that I can do on my own time and just kind of get my work done Um, and then uh, that I can do from anywhere, especially if I'm traveling. And so those were the two criteria. So when I was looking for part-time jobs and looking for like freelance and side work, those were kind of like the criteria that I had in the forefront of my mind. Um, And then um, that actually, that has like worked pretty well because every single day, my schedule, I just schedule out kind of like what, um, or at least pre-pandemic, like I'd have auditions in my schedule. I'd have, um, chunks of time in between where I would like have it designated to work, um, on my laptop. Um, and I would just like, I was actually yesterday in New York showing some, um, like undergrads around where where I would like hang out in New York and where I'd work and I would just I would go to the dance studio in the morning and there were like all these nooks and crannies where I would just sit on my laptop I would go to the audition I would do that again I had all these like coffee shops and co-working spaces around the city that were like free and like whatever that I, that I could just sit in and work um so I kind of like have these buckets in my calendar of of I'm gonna do dance work for this period of time and then um, my startup work for this period of time, and that has worked pretty much for for most of my life. I will say, when I started doing banging it and working in theater in general, the schedule uh, became a lot more intense. I was on the I was on the West Coast, and then I was like working on the startup remotely because um, Nick was still on the East Coast, and so. Um, I would wake up at 6 AM and I would work until 9 30 on, on the startup. I would go like full-time, do the full day, 10 to six. And then I would come home and do extra work on the startup. And I actually had to quit my like freelancing work because there was just simply not enough hours. Um, and then when we were in tech, it was one to 11 PM and then it switched to 11 to 11 PM for a while. Um, so that was really like, I feel like that really like challenged me because I care about all of these things equally. And I, um, you know, didn't want to like pass up on an opportunity to like be part of this show just because of, of the other things in my life. But then at the same time, I didn't want to just like take a four month hiatus from arts work. Cause it's like my, like that's, that's what like brings me alive and is exactly what I like want to be doing with my career. So it's been tricky, especially the past five months to like find balance and figure out like what my priorities are. But I think, um, I've just been trying my very best to schedule things such that, um, I am able to prioritize and do and contribute like, to each thing like the way that I want to be contributing um so it's not easy it's just but it just
0: takes some scheduling honestly is all yeah and prioritizing I love how you said prioritizing and again that goes back to the fact that you knew what you know what impact you want to make as a dancer and you know that you want it to, to create more inclusive spaces you know that you want to help artists um be thriving artists and five book those gigs um which you do through arts work so i think you're doing a great job of prioritizing what's important to you and it shows in the success that you've had just in the last five years and and how you're able to you know grow your dance business which is your your creative work while also growing your business which helps and serves artists which i just love i really look up to you for that and how you've done that it really is inspiring so yeah,
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. I I will say one other thing is I had to really teach myself how to say no to things. Um, it mostly in my career uh, because I would look at actually during the pandemic. I I remember just feeling so drained when it started, and I kind of like really needed the break. And I just like looked at like what my schedule was for one random week or something in. Mm-hmm um, in New York. And I was like looking at the input versus output. And I was like, there are so many things I was doing where I was just all output and I was not getting, I was like, not fueling myself or there was, there was no kind of like reason that I was spending so many hours on that or that I was like using my time in that way. And, um, a lot of times you just do things like that because someone asks you or you're doing a favor for someone or you don't want to like, I don't know, it's an opportunity of feel like artists are always like, okay, are, we're always told take any opportunity, like no closing doors. Um, I've found that like, it's for me, been a blessing to start saying no, and I'm still bad at it. I still have like absolutely no boundaries (laughs) at all whatsoever. But I think as I started to say no, the doors that I closed kind of like opened up better opportunities and experiences because I was spending my time then more intentionally. And, um, I'm starting to make some of those decisions right now of like, I even had a conversation with my agents being like, Hey, like there's actually only a handful of theater jobs that I really want to do that I feel like are going to pay me what I think I deserve uh and then that are also going to be like fulfilling in terms of like dreams and goals that I have um and same thing with tv and film and everything and I think it's like it sounds crazy to be saying those things but um the fact of the matter is like it's it's your life and it's your time that you're spending on and I think because I have arts work as such a big priority I'm like I I, I don't want to give up that time that I could be spending on arts work just on on anything and um so it really has to be something that like I care about and like think is um going to going to like make an impact in in some way and I think that like Having that standard for work um, comes as you like become older in in the industry, um, but I I just think that like you have every single artist has the power to do whatever they want with their lives, and a lot of people tell us that that's not true, but it's it's literally like my life. I can spend my time however I want, you know. Um, and so right now, like I just came off of working pretty full time for five months until like one week ago and now I'm like you know what this summer I just like I really just want to like sit and focus on arts work and like see my friends and travel and like be a real human and like that needs that is just as important as like doing all of these things and will help me like do better things and um you know the opportunities I'll take on this summer have to be pretty darn good for me to be like, okay, I'm gonna like switch around everything to do what's next. So I don't know. I just like really emphasize intentionality um, and empowerment when it comes to like what you're spending your time on.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I love that I wrote it down. Every artist has the power to do what they wanna do, what they love to do. That's so good. And it's so true. Thank you for saying that. Cause I think, um, Yeah, I think in addition to the fact that you do feel like you have to take every opportunity, then there's also the things that the mindset that holds you back, like the limiting beliefs like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not at that level. I can't even try to get this job or to get this opportunity, um, which is something that I think holds people back too. Real quick, before we continue with the episode, I want to let you know that if you're a creative person who wants to share your creative gift or whatever you're passionate about with other people and create an online community, a podcast is an amazing way to do it. And you can start a podcast today with Anchor by Spotify. It's such an easy way to make a podcast. Trust me. I'm not a tech person, and I did it, so if I can do it, honey, you can too, okay? Anchor has tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer, and you can host on Anchor, and it will distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more, so you don't have to worry about, you know, uploading your podcast to all these different sites, and it's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place, and it's 100% free. So there you go. Let's go. Start your podcast, create your online community, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, without further ado, let's continue. One of the things that, I mean, there are so many limiting beliefs that I know people have when it comes to pursuing their art. And some of the listeners are like, kind of like, oh, like I want to be creative, but mm, I'm not really sure. And then there are some who are like artists, but like are growing in that, um, and which is we all are growing and we're all in process, which is great. Um, But I think especially like as women of color, there are so many things that can limit us. I know for me, as um, I'm a child of immigrants as well, I was I was born in New Jersey, but my family is Nigerian, you know, I grew up going to doing dance classes and then on the weekends I would have um, church and we would, you know, I would choreograph like African style, West African style dances, Nigerian style dances and stuff like that for fun growing up and I was always doing that in church and loving it. Right, but you know, you always hear like, oh, dance and the arts, those are just hobbies, you know, that's not a real career. So that's like one limiting belief. And then you also have, you know, the fact that, you know, I love Broadway, I love musicals, and it's like, well, there aren't really people who look like me all the time, front and center on Broadway, you know, like Broadway is, you know, not really for Black people or Brown people, you know, and it's like, all of these different and those are just like that's not even scratching the surface of yeah. all the different limiting beliefs I'm
1: getting emotional as you're saying
0: that yeah. there
1: are things that i've heard too
0: yeah it's and it's so and look at look at these similarities right we're from two different backgrounds but of course there are a lot of similarities when it comes to being a woman of color a person of color children of immigrants you know all these beautiful beautiful aspects of our lives that i love you know we love but at the same time there are a lot of limiting beliefs that I think come along with that when you are in the arts or that you want a creative career or you just want to be creative as a hobby or as an outlet, you know. And so I guess what do you, what do you say to that, what are some things that you've experienced and how have you been able to. combat those limiting mindsets around you or your own like within yourself in order to still do the art every single day wake up go for those auditions you know book the jobs and you know work on the things that you love to do. Yeah. Um
1: I think that one thing that motivates me is that I just really want to prove people wrong. Like I I want to I think show that you can have a career in the arts and be financially stable and create representation in these spaces that has never existed um, so that more people in the future can also see this as a viable career. Um, So I think all of those limiting beliefs that I feel like have been passed down culturally um, or just circulate, I, I think that I don't know. I just, I just feel a little bit defiant and like, I don't, I don't know if that's exactly true. Like, I don't, I don't want to believe that that's true. Um, I also will say, this reminds me, I just talked to my mom about some of this stuff. I did a little like interview with her and about um, just like what it was like for her to see me do this growing up and then what it was like for her to like, (laughs) for me to say that I was going to do this as my career. And, uh, you know, she, she's an immigrant and like, it was all about like stability and working like a stable long-term profession. Um, and I think that like, we've had a lot of conversations about this, but I, the two things that she said were, um, one, I just saw that you we're always going to work hard, and I saw that you were going to make this work financially and make this work as a viable career. And so that, like, I guess, gave her some peace of mind. And then, secondly, she was like, "I, I just know that you love it. Like, I know how much you love this, and I know um, that if you love something, you're going to be happy. And and at the end of the day, that is kind of like what's important. So I'd say." Um, like, having that kind of, like, support system around you is really powerful. Um, but in addition to that, I think that um, I've had a lot of... Um, <laughs> um, I've had a... Sorry. That's okay. Um, oh, but, but at the same time, like, I've had to battle all of those things many times of just, like it feels like a big risk to like keep creative things in your life for a million different reasons. One, because um, it's non-traditional. You're usually doing it at like different hours than other people are like traditionally working. So even if you're working a full-time job and trying to do, you know, music alongside that or uh, dance alongside that or whatever it might be, like you are spending time that other people are spending, like hanging out and like doing normal things, like you're spending your time unconventionally. Um, and so I think like a big barrier that I've had to overcome is just like understanding that's okay. And that's my life is just going to look different than other people's. Um, and you know, that, that is honestly also can be really lonely at times because it's just different. You don't get to spend as much time with people. You don't get to, um, do the same things that everyone's doing but you also meet a lot of other people and find community in like other people and things that that uh are with other people who are like like minded and um that have the same interests and passions as you so I don't know yeah there are a lot of limiting beliefs um I don't know if I answered your question I feel like I just talked
0: beautiful no you did you did really well you did really well because um you're right you have to be okay with being different <laughs> which is like we we're to say like you have to be okay with just being yourself but you really do and that's i think at the core of it you know what you said about your conversations with your mom you know i think she probably wouldn't have said that if you didn't have this sense of self like the sense of this is who i am this is you know you you weren't hiding it or pretending to be someone that you're not and same thing with you know working you know working your jobs and having that sort of different schedule it is who you it is what you you're doing you know and yeah. you're okay with that and being able to say like put your stake in the ground and say, yes, this is who I am as an artist, and this is what i'm doing, and this is why it's important and impactful to me, and i'm okay with that and mm-hmm. and of and course, you know. find like so many other people who are like minded too in the process
1: I think like um I guess one more thing about that is that my mom does when I was talking to her she was saying like I just I like the hardest part for me has just been seeing how hard you have to work and how much you've like had to like struggle and how many you know people question what you're doing and like don't support you and um that that all exists like she's seen me just like run around with like lugging like three suitcases around to like go catch some flight to like go do a gig. like there are just a lot of things that I think for an immigrant parent they just want our lives to be easier than theirs were and they did all of this so that we don't have to struggle and so for us to then like take the make the decision to like struggle and do something unconventional. I think is hard for them um but at the end of the day they are, it's it's just different like I don't think the struggle is any more or less than what they did and I feel like in some ways we're we're struggling in our own ways to create like the life that we want for our kids and yeah. um for the next generation and so I don't know. It doesn't, it, that doesn't mean like I don't still get bothered by people asking me questions. Like I, I went home for something a month ago and all these people were like, oh wait, what are you doing with your life? And like, I was like, well, I'm actually opening, uh, originating a show that's going to go to Broadway and I have a tech company and I have, I'm choreographing for Coachella but yeah if you don't think any of that is impressive then that's fine so it's this constant like you have to prove yourself but um I don't know yeah it's strong sense of like self-worth and and believing in yourself
0: is so good and everything you said was so powerful because I think a lot of artists and creatives can relate to those questions and I love that you were like well This is what I'm doing, and if you don't think that's okay, then that's there's nothing I can do about it. This is this is what I'm doing, and I love that. And I definitely I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I want to make sure we talk about Coachella and banging it, and how did the you know you get you were able to choreograph for Ravina, who was I believe the first Indian woman to perform in Coachella, which is incredible. That's amazing, and also you helped start. Or you were a part of banging it, which is um, going to Broadway. Is that correct? So that's amazing. <laughs> or fingers crossed. Yes. Like I hope. I definitely hope it does. So how did those opportunities come about? Like how was it? Just give us a quick little overview of yeah those exciting opportunities that you were able to do. Yeah. Um.
1: So banging it and any theater jobs those come through um there are auditions online especially for something like this that is like casting specifically um I work through my agency a lot so I have a theater agent who sends me um auditions and self-tapes and things like that for for everything so this week I think I submitted five for like couple of national tours and, and a new show that's going to Broadway that's coming out um and that was kind of my life before the pandemic I would go um uh, and I think like I like saying this because I don't think people like see this part of the journey but like I've been to so many auditions I've made it to the end of like Mean Girls and Cats and wow. Charlie and Chocolate Factory and all of these things that like you never see brown people in and um like those are all milestones, and I feel like maybe one day, like one of those will happen, where I don't have to be stereotyped into what I look like. But, um, but I feel like that is actually like the day to day journey is like showing up to these auditions and doing them. Um, so that's that. But that's I had like a long audition process um, for banging it. it all happened virtually, and then um, I started in October. In uh, we did a workshop for a couple of weeks, um, and then we put the show together and like got everything up on its feet. Um, creating a new show is like very intense because there are so many script changes, the, the show like and the script changed so many times, like during previews itself. So when it was in front of a live audience, um, it changed, the ending changed maybe like three or four times. So it's a pretty like involved process um and we got like costumes for the first time and lighting for the first time and i think the cool thing about like originating a role is that any girl that like is in my track in the future like if i were to not continue with it or like even down the road if there are multiple shows of it i will have created like kind of what that that track does which is like really cool to think about um and it's cool because like there has been no spaces for south Asians in theater at all whatsoever since a show 20 years ago and so um the fact that like this show opens a space for a bunch of different people to have like a career on broadway or like even in any type of theater setting like it's like pretty amazing um so that was that and then um and and I don't know what's happening with the show next it's going to Boston um I'm and I'm not sure about my involvement with it uh because we just haven't like heard back um so so we'll see what happens um but that is that's banging it and then um so um I on the commercial side have been working in like TV, film, music videos, like that kind of thing for a while with a bunch of different people I worked with. um, um, There's actually this like really amazing Penn alum uh, who um, is choreographer Beyonce and a bunch of different people. And she uh, needed someone to like fill in for a, to be a choreographer for a job uh, in New York. This is like a couple years ago um, with this like really big EDM artist. And so I like found out about that, and then I and I booked that and like hired dancers for it, and that was kind of like I just kind of got thrown in. But I lo- I was like, oh my gosh, I love doing this stuff. I love like working with artists. I love like performing with artists, like all all that, um, and that mostly exists in LA. But it was like kind of my first like view into that. And then um, I met Ravina shortly after. I think someone recommended me to her or something like that. And then. Um, she just, like, really wanted to learn how to dance, like, way back then. Um, and so I just, like, literally was her dance, like, teacher and choreographer. And then as she, like, became more comfortable with dancing, um, I choreographed, like, her first tour, um, I guess, her Lucid tour, which was in 2019, um, and just gave her movement for that. And then um, she's done, like, a ton of different, like, features and things like that, where she's, like, incorporated dance and movement. Um then we worked for like most of the pandemic on two music videos, um, which was so cool because I got to like hire dancers in LA and go through that whole process and um, just like being able to like be on that side of the camera too. I, I actually really enjoyed it and I'm like excited to kind of move into choreography as like as like a more intentional part of my career as much as I love performing, like I think having that ability to like create and like be the uh, creative director and like the choreographer like I, I I like that work a lot um so did that and then for Coachella she wanted um like movement for her we weren't sure if we could have dancers or not and we ended up not being able to have dancers but so we just like worked on pieces for um virtually like while I was doing banging it because like we couldn't meet in person so we would like practice on zoom and then um now she's like doing that same set on tour so um so it's cool I know it's just like a totally different um experience than than theater but I think that's one of the things about being a dancer that's really interesting is that like you get to do so many different things so like um it just keeps it exciting and it keeps some variety to life
0: yeah thank you for sharing that and i love how versatile you are because it's like i saw the i think i saw you posted the video the music video or at least a clip of it on your instagram or something or TikTok. and i watched it and i was like this is so first of all the music video was so cool (laughs) so you did a great job creative directing and the the um the choreography was so interesting to watch. And I think having that versatility for you as a choreographer and a dancer is always helpful. So yeah, you're amazing. I was like, wow, this is really good.
1: <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. I think one thing that I've been like trying to think about is like, like I have literally choreographed like contemporary for her. Like it wasn't, I mean, or just like movement. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't even know what style I would consider it. But the interesting thing is like, like these past two things have both been South Asian in nature and I'm and I'm just like oh that's like I don't want like people to think that I only am like a South Asian dancer or South Asian like that's the only type of work that I do um but at the same time it's like cool to be able to challenge the boundaries of like what South Asian people can do because in our in banging it like we're doing all kinds of stuff we're singing dancing acting and like dancing in like Five different styles, and then yeah. um, for this, it's like a, she's like a like R and B artist, and and she just like happens to be South Asian, and so I think that like um, I'm excited to use those same skills in different places to be like no it actually it doesn't have to be like the South Asian artist that I work for like I it it could be the exact same thing for for like a TV show that has nothing to do with that or it could be it's just it's just that like like people only put us in like boxes right now but like we we can we are so much more than that and so like I feel like I have to remind myself and believe that like like yes, I did these four projects that are South Asian, but like, that doesn't mean that, like the, the next, and, and I have done them for like things that are not South Asian and I will do them for things that are not South Asian. So just like, I have to remind myself to like not box myself into like, this is, this is, I'm like fulfilling a stereotype or whatever.
0: I don't know if that made any sense. No, but that it makes just, sense. Yeah. And I think you're doing it. I mean, I think anyone who sees your Instagram, your, your TikTok, they can see that you're very versatile and i think it showed even in your choreography for the music video the one that i what i saw of it anyway i i could tell that it was that you still incorporated some contemporaries i don't know it it, it did seem like it was without a specific genre which was really yeah. interesting was so and i think it's hard to do so i think you i think you did a great job personally oh, but great. i do just want to ask before we Definitely wanna find out where we can find you and how we can keep up with everything that you're doing upcoming, because I want people to go follow you and look at all your stuff and get into your community. But <clears throat> I do wanna know, because I recommended arts work to some of my arts friends, What are some tips that if you have any tips as for like how we can create the best profiles, how we can really, you know, book those jobs, connect with people on ArtsWork. Do you have any tips for artists who are listening? Because I definitely want them to all go make profiles and get on and follow ArtsWork on Instagram and everything. But do you have any tips for creating a profile and really booking those jobs?
1: Yeah, totally um, artwork is honestly going through a transition right now. Like I said, we were a network and we're moving to a marketplace. Um, so I would say join and then also email us. Like, I'd love to know what people, the email is contact at artwork.com. I would love to know what people, um, are interested in, in terms of like how they want to make money and what types of jobs they're looking for. Right now we've been connecting a lot of photographers to jobs, videographers, um, dance educators um, are like primary buckets to start with so if that's you definitely definitely reach out to us but even if that's not you like the goal is for this to be a platform that where a ton of different artists can earn money um, just like you would on like a TaskRabbit or like a upwork or fiverr and so um, just email us like and i and I think that that would be the best thing for for right now as we transition into what the future of the
0: product will be awesome and i will definitely be emailing you guys (laughs) um but yeah thank you so much for sharing that we'll put the website and everything in the show notes but let us know where can people find you keep up with any upcoming projects you might be having and um where people can get connected with arts work as well yeah
1: um my instagram is just ramita rob dot ravi and then um, TikTok is just my full name, and um, ArtsWork Official on Instagram and TikTok.
0: Okay, perfect. And I'll put everything in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for having
1: me. This is so fun and lovely. It's
0: such a good conversation. Before we go, I do always ask if you had one piece of advice that you would give a creative or aspiring creative artist, performing artist. Um, What would it be if you could just give one piece of advice? Okay, my piece
1: of advice would be to find ways to set yourself up for financial stability alongside the or through the creative work that you're doing. Because once you have that component taken care of, you can just be as creative as possible. You can have that just live freely. And while it's not all about money, it is about just like feeling secure and feeling sustainable and feeling like you can do this forever. Um, and the reality is that we all need to live in this country. This country is not free. Um, and so, um, honestly, that would be my advice is just like figure out a balance that works for you and, um, find a way to feel like this is tangible and sustainable while also, um, giving
0: yourself space to like explore and create everything that you want to create that was really good thank you so much for that advice thank you for this whole conversation and for giving your time so generously i really really appreciate it i'm so excited for everyone to hear this so everyone make sure you go connect with ramisa on instagram and TikTok. and thank you so much for being here
1: oh my gosh of course thank you so much i appreciate it
0: wasn't that amazing thank you so much ramita for being on the show and thank you everyone for listening um again don't forget to follow me on instagram and join the giveaway so that you can get your little gift for just being here and for lasting you know (laughs) this long with us and being here this long with us all the way to 50 i'm so grateful that we can all grow together as creatives and artists. So make sure you share the show and enter into the giveaway because all of these things are helping to grow the show even more and to grow this community of creatives even more, which will just help all of us to rise together and to be the best that we can all be together and fulfilling our God-given potential and fulfilling our our God-given purpose. as creators and artists. So be sure to share it. Be sure to leave the review, enter into the giveaway. And thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Creatively by Estelle. I hope you feel encouraged by today's episode as you start this week. And if you have a moment, I would love for you to just share this episode with a friend if you liked it or with someone who you think this could be encouraging to. It would really help this show. Also, if you really loved this episode, if you wouldn't mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review and rating this show, it would really help us reach more more people through this show and grow our Creatively community. All right. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.